raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. And welcome back. I'm Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. So we're talking a little bit about kids and guns. Because he had this ridiculous, frankly embarrassing, to the extent that this guy's a gun owner. This is embarrassing. As gun owners, we ought to be upset. You know, a lot of times I, I catch heat. I'll be here on the radio or I'll be on social media and I'll be criticizing some knucklehead who did something stupid with a gun. And every now and then I'll get a comment. I'll get a comment on social media or I'll get a message uh, to my law office, whatever it might be. And they'll say, wow, guy, you know, you're supposed to be an advocate for gun owners. And you really went after that guy who did whatever knuckleheaded thing I was talking about with a gun. And let me be very clear and very emphatic. To the extent that we as the gun owning community are not safe and responsible. To the extent that we do knuckleheaded things with guns. You know what we are doing? We are inviting, we are begging for people to say, aha, you see, those idiots can't be responsible, they can't be trusted, they can't be safe, so we got to create a law. we got to file a bill. we got to get the legislature to act. we got to put people in jail. we got to limit Second Amendment rights because these people can't be trusted with guns. They need Big Brother standing over their shoulder telling them how to be responsible with firearms under penalty of criminal prosecution. We invite that. We're asking for that. We're begging for that. When the member of the gun-owning community is a knucklehead. And look, are people going to be knuckleheads? Yes. Are people going to do dumb things? Yeah. In all walks of life, hey, I get it. But what we ought to do as a community is we ought to be focused on education. We ought to be focused on responsibility. We ought to be focused on training. We ought to be focused on making sure that we're as safe and responsible as we can be as gun owners for two reasons and more. One is because we don't want bad things to happen. We don't want innocent people to get hurt. We don't want innocent children to be endangered. We don't want bad things to happen with our firearms or anyone else's firearms. So just as a matter of being good citizens. We don't want bad things to happen. But going the next step and beyond public safety, we also want to preserve and protect our Second Amendment rights. And if you do something knuckleheaded with a gun, you're jeopardizing my Second Amendment rights. And I will be as harsh as anyone, Second Amendment advocated or not, when you're a knucklehead with a gun. And I would expect you to treat me the same way. If you care about your Second Amendment rights, because when I'm a knucklehead, I'm jeopardizing your rights. When some idiot lets a toddler get a hold of his loaded gun and go waving it around in the hallway outside his apartment, pulling the trigger, that jeopardizes my rights. Should that guy go to jail? We'll let the criminal justice system figure that out. I don't know how the kid got a hold of the gun. I don't know how the gun was stored. I don't know whether it meets any of the standards for a crime. One thing I never like to do 
and I always resent when I see other people doing it, is assume they know all the facts. A bad thing happened. Kid got a hold of a gun. Is that a bad thing? Very. Loaded gun, yes. Pointed at his own face, pulled the trigger. Extremely bad. Horrific. I don't know how it happened, so I won't draw too many conclusions. But something bad happened. And we're all ready. And I, I had two different legislators call me this past week. Well, guy, you know, I've even got some Republicans looking at a safe storage law because we got this thing in Beach Grove. There you go. Guy was an idiot. Guy was a knucklehead. Kid got a hold of a gun. Now people want to impose a safe storage law on me. Now let's talk about that. People say, well, God, there's nothing wrong with safe storage. My God, you're being a hypocrite because you just discussed how, what you teach in your class. Guns should be stored so they're inaccessible to unauthorized or untrained people. All we're doing is we're going to say the state of Indiana is going to hold people to the same standard. How could you possibly oppose that without being a hypocrite? I'll tell you exactly why. Because who's unauthorized and who's untrained is a case-by-case analysis. And and it's incredibly hard to pass a statute that's that's going to treat people fairly and appropriately if you just assume everyone, for instance, who's under 18 is neither trained nor authorized. And I've seen that bill. I've seen that bill proposed to me. Again, I had a former state senator show up in my office because he was being urged by his constituents in Noblesville. Saying, guy, we need a safe storage law. I mean, gosh, you teach gun safety. Why would you oppose this? And I read the bill, and you know what it said? It would. It said that if I, okay, let's, let's, let's apply this to me. If I have a gun on my nightstand, okay, and when I, and and while I'm in my home with that gun on my nightstand, if my 17-year-old granddaughter is in my house, who, by the way, could teach gun safety classes, who is an incredibly good shot, who is an absolutely 1,000% safe and responsible gun owner, gun handler herself, if she's under my roof being under 18 years old while I have that gun on my nightstand, even though I would want her to have access to that gun, I get there's a break-in. I want her to be able to have the capacity to defend herself. Could she do that safely and effectively? A thousand percent. But since she's under 18 and I've got a gun on my nightstand, I go to jail under a so-called safe storage law, as I've seen them over and over. Does that make any sense to you? And that's an extreme example of someone 17. I've, I've shot sporting clays, and I'm a pretty good sporting clay shooter. I shoot competitively. I work my way up through the classes pretty darn fast in only a couple of years, and I'm competitive. I'll go shoot sporting clays with anybody, and I'll hold my own. I've had my ass kicked by a 14-year-old on the sporting clay course. I mean whipped. Who was a thousand percent safe, a thousand percent responsible? That same fourteen-year-old, and let's say a couple of them come over. I invite them and their parents over to my house after a sporting clay tournament, and I put my sporting clay shotgun in the corner before I put it in my safe. We just been shooting sporting clay shotguns all afternoon. The kid handled his own shotgun all afternoon. Did great. Outshot me. Shot outshot most of the people there. But because my shotgun's in the corner, after he walks into my house, I'm committing a crime because he's 14 and my gun's not, quote unquote, safely stored. 
it's not locked up, disassembled, or, 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 or had a trigger lock put on it. That's how a lot of them are written. Is that okay? Is that a good law? Is that a reasonable response to the Noblesville Middle School shooting? Because that's what we had to fight off here a few years ago. Well, that kid got a hold of that gun. We need a law. The dad had the guns in a safe. What law are you going to pass? And would that father have violated whatever law you want to pass because he had his guns in a safe and the kid just found the key? It's ridiculous. But that's what they want to do to us. But all this starts, and I'll end this segment with this point, all that starts when we're knuckleheads as gun owners, when we're idiots. And I'm not accusing the family in Noblesville of that at all. I'm talking about the guy in Beach Grove. Because now what do we got? We got more safe storage laws. I'll guarantee you right now they're looking for an opportunity to get one passed this year. And and when we go have that hearing, if it gets a hearing, or even in discussions in the hallway or or, or during the week before whatever chairman it might be decides to give it a hearing, that's the conversation we're going to have. Well, guy, you know, that kid in Beach Grove, we all saw the video. We need a law. That's what we're inviting. We need to police ourselves or we're inviting Big Brother to do it for us. And that's never a good alternative. That's only going to limit your freedom. It's going to limit my Second Amendment rights. It's going to limit all of our ability to exercise our constitutional freedoms to the full extent we should. Pardon the soapbox, but I couldn't be more passionate about that point. Right now, we're a little over the three-quarter uh, our segment. So we're taking a break. We'll continue to take your calls. Got some people on hold right now. 317-239-9393. We're back for a pretty short segment, uh, but we'll be back here in just a bit. This is Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. And welcome back for what is a very short segment here uh, at the top of the hour. But uh, we're talking about kids and guns. And I went on a very heartfelt rant about how we need to be responsible generally, not just with respect to children, but obviously that's a priority because as a society, our number one priority, my goodness, ought to be keeping our children safe. But what we're going to get into, and we'll we'll get into this a little bit after the, the break at the top of the hour as well, is what are the laws separate and apart? This guy's... This guy's accused of, he's been charged with, dangerous control of a firearm and neglect. I'm talking about neglect. Neglect is knowingly or intentionally placing a child in a situation that endangers the life or health of the child. Okay. We don't know what the guy did as far as where he stored the gun. We don't know exactly what he did. All we know is the result, which is the kid ended up with a gun. Did he knowingly or intentionally do something that meets that standard? That's what the prosecutor has to prove. But then there's a separate statute, dangerous control of a firearm. What does that mean? How do you get accused of that? Because when you start talking about the simple definition of dangerous control of a firearm, it looks like it'd be pretty darn easy to commit. And I'll get into a lot more detail on that here after the top of the hour, but it's a little scary when you simply look at the definition. Because it is essentially providing a firearm to a child who is ineligible to purchase their own firearm from a dealer. Well, if you're not 21, you can't buy a handgun. If you're not 18, you can't buy a long gun. That's pretty much all damn children. 
So aren't we always guilty of this? If we hand a gun to a child, even a gun safety course, that's what we'll get into. Right now, we're coming up on the top of the hour, so we're taking a break. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. And welcome back for hour number two of The Gun Guy Show here on 93 WIBC. We're thrilled you're with us. And the incident in Beach Grove, where a little kid in a diaper waving a loaded gun around, has uh, prompted a lot of discussion. It's also prompted activity in the state house, and there were already so-called safe storage bills being pushed by Democrats. Now, a couple of Republicans are saying, "Well, gosh, this case might seem to me we need one of these laws." And I talked about why those laws are always dramatically overbroad, overly broad, I should say. Why they want to punish responsible law-abiding gun owners and treat us all like dead, deadbeats, and why they remove any judgment that a parent ought to have or a gun owner ought to have over who should and shouldn't not have access to their firearms. Again, the, the rule I've been teaching for years comes out of the NRA basic pistol course. Firearms should be stored so they're unauth- excuse me, they're inaccessible to unauthorized or untrained people. Let's talk a little bit about Inaccessible, what does that mean? Because I, I talk to people all the time on this issue, and, and I raise this point in my classes, and I can I can I look around and I'll see people through the looks on their faces. Or couples come together and they look at each other and go, uh-oh, when I raise this point. So what is inaccessible to unauthorized or untrained people? What's inaccessible mean? And I'll always say it doesn't mean hidden. Doesn't mean hidden under your underwear in the drawer. Why? Because kids find stuff. If we're talking about kids, kids find stuff. Oh, by the way, we have had cases all across the country here in Indiana where people come home during a break-in. There's a burglar in their home. What are the burglars doing? They're looking for your valuable stuff. They're looking for your jewelry, your cash. If they have time, your appliances. But they love to steal guns as well. Professional burglars know where people store their guns, where they hide their guns. They know it can be hidden under your underwear in the underwear drawer. You walk in during a break-in. The bad guy has just discovered your gun in your underwear drawer. You have now just potentially transitioned your burglar into your murderer because you armed them. Think that doesn't happen? It absolutely happens. I've talked to people directly that happened to. In fact, we I had one situation. A guy came and took my class. A guy came in and he was still walking with a cane. He'd spent months in the hospital. This is when I was still running Eagle Creek Pistol Range before Mayor Joe kicked us out of there about seven years ago. Because, of course, taxpayers only get to pay for the range. We don't get to actually use it, according to Mayor Joe. But while I was still running my company, Tactical Firearms Training, we were still running the range. I had a guy show up. He's walking with a cane. He's obviously in some discomfort. But he had a big smile on his face. I said, man, welcome to Eagle Creek. You know, I gave him a safety briefing. And he goes, oh, man, I'm just happy to be here. I haven't shot a gun in a long time. Long time, I didn't think I was going to make it. Well, man, and I was thinking car wreck is probably what happened. And I didn't want to pry, but. 
he volunteered. He said, yeah, in fact, you need to hear this story. This is something you should probably share in your classes. And I have been sharing this story you're about to hear for decades in my classes. Well, that was probably seven or eight years ago, six, seven years ago. So I've been sharing it that long anyway. On the general concept I've been teaching for decades, which is how to store your firearms responsibly and safely. But he said that he came home for lunch one day where he didn't typically come home for lunch. But he came home for lunch and he because he had a new puppy that he wanted to come home and let out. And, we, and he parked where he always parks, which is behind his house. He had a kind of a wraparound driveway. And when he parked there behind his house, he immediately saw that his rear door was ajar. And he said, man, guy, I didn't call 911. I didn't even take my phone. I actually had a gun in the car. I didn't even take my gun. I immediately thought kids. Kids have broken in my house. They're in there looking for money or a game console or whatever. And I was going to run in there. I was going to catch these kids because we got some some ne'er-do-well kids in the neighborhood. I'm showing my age, ne'er-do-well. So I was running in there. I think I'm going to catch these kids. And when I came through the back door, I opened the door, and I went charging through the kitchen. And as I looked up, there's a man standing in my kitchen, and he's pointing a firearm at me, a loaded firearm. I could tell it was loaded because it was a revolver, and I could see through the chambers of the cylinder that it was loaded, and plus I knew it was loaded because as I saw the gun, I immediately realized that was my 357 Magnum. So the guy's pointing the gun at me. He orders me onto the ground. He, he goes to leave. He goes, the man st- was going to step over me as he's leaving and literally said, sorry, and shot me three times in the back with a 357 Magnum. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.